Welcome, welcome. It's the Novelty Podcast. It's Terrell Bilal, and it's time to talk movies. Now, I know last time I promised a TV episode, but I decided that I kind of get a little uh, too narrow-headed with that. Uh, I'd much rather talk about everything that I can. It's a ton of stuff going on on the movie side. This is a movie podcast, so I'm staying true to myself. We're going to talk movies, and we're going to count down TV. We're going to do both. We're going to do a hybrid episode. Uh, I'm hoping that this episode ends a little shorter. I have two, maybe three secret reviews. We'll see. One of those will be Lion King. Yeah, I've seen Lion King. I can't talk much about it without getting into spoiler territory, but the thing is, and this may be a spoiler, but Lion King is really hard to spoil. Oh. I'll tell you that much. But it will be one of the movies I talk about in the spoiler room. I also want to talk about Stuber in the spoiler room. I also want to talk about Crawl in the spoiler room. I may do all three. And if you're not familiar with the spoiler room, please don't listen to the spoiler room. If you haven't seen any of the movies that I just mentioned, the spoiler room is where I just want to talk about these movies without worrying about nothing. And if you've seen it, Maybe you can agree with me. Maybe you can hop on at Novelty Movies and holler at me about some of this stuff, uh, especially on Facebook. Twitter, I am still suspended, y'all. What the hell did I do? What are you doing? But get on. Find me online, man. Find me somewhere. You can get on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is going. It's going. The, the, the Lion King review will be there. Check me out. Engage with me. Let me know if I'm talking crazy. Sometimes I talk crazy. Sometimes I'm just going off emotion, just going off ego. But I do want to talk about these movies. I do want to take them to the spoiler room. Just unadulterated movie talk. And it's happening after the podcast. There's, there's secret segments. I, I stole it from rap. You know how rap will have the hidden tracks? That's what I got. I got the hidden segments. So if you've seen these movies, stick around. Don't worry, I'll give you time. I'll give you time to run away if, if you uh, don't realize what's going on. Yippee! It happens. So let's get into the front page. So, Walking Dead fans, you won't go away at this point. Your show won't go away. Your legacy won't go away. It's only going to get bigger. Uh, I wouldn't say bigger. I think that Walking Dead has peaked, but it's enough to carry the franchise forever. It's kind of like Star Wars. No matter what happens, no matter how bad they get, they'll continue to have those same fans that keep the, the momentum of the franchise no matter what. It's, it's, it, got a, it got a floor. So, Walking Dead has go ahead and uh, gave the green light to the project that features uh, Rick Grimes' character, giving him a solo movie. And yes, I said movie, and yes, it will be a theatrical release. So, there you go, Walking Dead fans. Rick Grimes is getting his solo movie. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing to the continuity of their story, but that's the thing about Walking Dead is they can kind of just make as many of these as, as they want. It's like, oh, well, the zombie apocalypse took over the whole world, so we can just go to another part of the world. Rick Grimes, he, he left the gang. He left the show. So now they're just going to be like, oh, well, well, now he's in, in Canada. Like, okay. But, you know, Rick Grimes is a reluctant, you know, gangster. So maybe they'll come up with something compelling. He'll probably just fall in love again and end up getting people killed because he's a shitty leader. So apparently there's going to be a black James Bond. So look, I'm not all, you know, I'm not all in into this. I'm not all invested as, as people are. 
Look, we, 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 as black people, well, I can't speak for black people. I'm a very objective person. So that kind of bleeds into my, uh, a lot of perspectives I have on race. I don't want any of these icons. I don't want these recycled icons. I don't, the, uh, give us new icons. We got the princess and the frog. We got blade. We got our icons. Just, just give us new ones. Just make new ones. Black Panther. We want new ones. We want our own. Stop, stop retreading. And, oh, we're going to make them black now. Come on, man. It's, it's going to get out of control. But this one is, uh, is not, this one is done with a little bit of integrity. So I'm, I'm a little relieved at that point. I mean, I'm, I'm relieved about that. Because 007, and, and, it's, and it's funny because this kind of hints at one of the theories that was going on. It's a big theory of James Bond. That James Bond, uh, 007 is just a code name. And as through the years, I hope this isn't true, but through the years, uh, when you see the different Bonds, these are different, you know, actual different people, different characters who are carrying on the James Bond 007 code name. But this kind of confirms that. Uh, I don't know if her name would be James Bond, but if her name is 007, it gives credence to that theory. Uh, I really hope that's not the theory. I, I like that. I don't mind that characters change faces. You know, we see it with Bruce Wayne all the time, and most of the time it, it, it kind of works out. I always like to see what different actors would bring to an iconic character because iconic characters, they have so much depth most of the time. Unless you're Superman. Superman is bland as shit. But he's Superman, you know. But most of the time this works out. But for this one, um, yeah, James Bond is, uh, or Jane Bond? What, what the fuck are they going to do with it? Well, she's black. But she goes and she gets the original James Bond. She's like, oh, I need your help. White man, no. <laughs> but she goes, she goes and uh gets him. And I, I, this this may be a rumor. I don't even fucking know. She goes and get him, and she goes to get help, you know, from the bad guys or whatever. And 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 this happened in Lion King too. Like, uh, look, we can keep trying to, you know, this Me Too movement that's going on, and these uh female executives who are extorting people into uh. Forcing this is all this is all hearsay. <laughs> this is reckless speculation. But all these people, I feel like it's like um like women who who are locking executives in offices. Like if you don't give this role to Zendaya, I will tell them what you did in 1997. You're out. <laughs> Just like, extorting the shit out of them. But yo, look, y'all could think that that's working out for the better. But um sometimes they're putting women in these roles, and you know they're still being you know, subjugated by men. It's it's not even as progressive as it would seem. But anyway, headlines is king. Eddie Murphy is coming back to stand-up. Oh, my Lord, this is crazy. This is crazy. Now, now I mean, it's crazy because I'm scared. Oh. <laughs> I'm fucking scared. I don't know if Eddie Murphy is still funny at all. Like, it's not, it's not often where... A comic can be great at stand-up and great at movies. Eddie Murphy was great at both. Um, but it, does he still got it? And does he still got it? Now, he signed a $70 million deal with Netflix. This means that he's going to be making movies and he's going to be making stand-up, bringing them to Netflix. Now, there's no proof that he's be, he's going to be making movies, but he's going to be making movies. Netflix is, is not fools. And Netflix is going to have to adjust their whole strategy anyway. But they signed Eddie Murphy. This is a big, big signing. Um, 
it's it's going to break the internet when he drops his stand up and I'm going to be there but seriously man I'm I'm really surprised that Eddie Murphy is uh in need of money. No. That's that's always my uh like I, I think that when actors step away they they're happy. You know they're happy. They don't have that pressure, the pressure of expectations, the pressure of scheduling, the pressure of traveling. They don't have those pressures. So when they when they get them, especially when they get them like this in abundance, I don't know if it's for the passion or it's for or it's for desperation. But Eddie Murphy is back. I'm really excited though. Uh, but I'm 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 as excited as I am. I'm I'm be just as scared. I I sense this same thing coming on with Chris Tucker. You know, Chris Tucker has kind of just been living off with the rush hour money. Eventually, that's gonna run out, and eventually, he's gonna start picking up a lot of work. And hopefully, it's good. <laughs> I really hope it's good. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of Netflix, I mean, they're really gonna have to start changing their strategy, especially if they if they're gonna expect the if they're gonna respect the war. That they're in with Disney. See, this is the thing. Netflix is starting to realize that you got to spend money to make money. Netflix was just ahead of the curve. They were ahead of the curve on streaming. No, nobody was was nobody was thinking about coming close to Netflix except Hulu. And Hulu is kind of you know you know diet Netflix. You can respect Hulu, but Hulu has about half the viewership of Netflix. Makes about half the money as Netflix. Produ- spend about half the production money on Netflix as Netflix. But Netflix is starting to learn how much money they can lose when they lose money. Now they make a shit ton of money. They're still worth $152 billion. But they just lost $17 billion. Do you know what this means? This means that they're losing subscribers. Guess where those subscribers are going to go? Those people are going to go to Disney Plus. And they're going to go to Apple Plus. Yeah, that's right. Apple is coming, too. Apple is coming. This is a great time to be a filmmaker, honestly. I graduated film school and, and had nowhere to go. But now, a streaming company of a streaming company is about to be producing content. They're going to be looking for creators. It's time to start swimming in dough because everybody is throwing out money for productions. Apple wants to be with, they want to be with the big dogs. Apple want to, they want to be in Oscar contention. So they're going to spend the money, and they got the money. Oh, they got it. They got it in those warranties alone. How many of y'all is paying war- paying that warranty money right fucking now? But Netflix has to adjust. So they they lost a bunch of money uh, on a Ben Affleck movie, um, uh, The Triple Frontier, and it was just not worth it. And then they lost a bunch of money with, with a bunch of their productions. Then they lost a bunch of money when people were unsubscribing, when they they hiked that price up again. Netflix is going to be $20 a month soon. And we're talking about a subscription service that started at $8 a month. They're growing. They may be growing too fast. But it won't won't hurt them. It won't kill them. Until Disney come out and that subscriber rate start dropping some more. Netflix plans by the billions. So we'll see. You you, You may think that Netflix, their moves isn't news. Their moves is news. Netflix is bigger than HBO. Netflix is 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 a a, a a they're they're basically a cable company on their own, and they're controlling half of entertainment. Watch Netflix closely. Cardi B didn't made it on my goddamn podcast, didn't she? She made it on, didn't she? One day I knew it would come to this. One day I knew I'd have to talk about Cardi B and/or Offset on my goddamn podcast one day, and that day has come. Cardi B has inspired a movie 
what the hell is this world coming to? So I love when uh, so we people say that Hollywood is soulless, soulless. People say Hollywood is soulless, and this is where that comes from. It comes from stuff like this. So Cardi B a while ago for the for the four people who don't know, most of my audience is black, so they 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 know about they know this already. But some of y'all don't give a shit about Cardi B. And for those, let me give you a little bit of background. Because when I saw this trailer, it said inspired by a true story and my jaw dropped to the damn floor. Cardi B confessed that when she was a stripper that she was she would finesse dudes out of their money. She would know, you know, drink them to sleep, fuck them to sleep, drug them to sleep, whatever. And she'd take the money. She came into she came under fire under this. The internet went crazy. A lot of men went crazy. Like, oh, this is some bullshit. Because if you flip that in any kind of way, that man is Bill Cosby. But Cardi B is immune to being Bill Cosby. She's an icon of sorts. So eventually that dies down. Well, now I see a movie with an actual cast that's about the same damn thing. <laughs> and this is the thing that bothers me. <laughs> There's some executive, or not even some executive, but some, some woman who, who felt inspired by Cardi B, pitched this, and maybe even Cardi B. I didn't do the research because, God damn it, I didn't want to. She went to somebody and she said, hey, you should make a movie of this. And here we are with a movie about strippers robbing men. I'm really afraid it could be good. I'm so afraid that this movie could be good. <laughs> what if it's good? <laughs> if it's good, it's only going to inspire more of this debauchery. It's horrible. But it doesn't look good, though. It doesn't look good. I don't see... Uh, we all know how it's gonna end. We all know what's gonna happen. Uh, I can tell you right now what's gonna happen. You know they're gonna you know get sick of the chauvinist men who work in the industry and they feel like prostitutes and that their bosses is pimps and they're gonna start robbing these dudes to take back the 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 their uh, feminine pride or some shit. They're gonna spin it that way somehow. And then uh, the cops is gonna get on that trail and then. One of them's gonna go to jail, but then one of the guys is gonna use this pool to get her out of jail, and then she's gonna go back to doing what she was doing, and boom. The movie's gonna end. Because what fucking story do we have here? I can't believe this. I think it's crazy that that the Me Too movement, and that thing is intense right now, but I think it's crazy that the Me Too movement, this this female empowerment, that I'm not against, but sometimes it gets abused. Is that is it, is it, the double standard can kind of be kind of distracting? Imagine if if a guy got inspired by the Bill Cosby story. Yay! A guy who was in a in an industry dominated by women. <laughs> and he made a movie about it. Everyone will lose their shit. But Cardi B is coming to the big screen in a way. Uh, she just makes a cameo in the movie. They were smart about it. It's not her movie. Uh, they know they she can't act. Um, they're not fucking dumb as Disney is for hiring Beyonce to say lines at all. Um, they were smarter. But Cardi B is coming. Yeah, period. What are you doing? I don't know. What's Cardi Bisms? I don't know. I want to be happy for y'all, Cardi B fans. I really do. 
I really want to be happy for y'all. But I think this is an impending disaster. But Cardi B is coming to the big screen. That's that news. That news is kind of layered because, like, it can bring a whole discussion. It's a whole discussion, that shit. You want to discuss it? Call at me. At Novelty Movies. I'm fucking thirsty, y'all. Internet went crazy about this Cats trailer. So Cats is like a really big Broadway show. I think it's like the third most successful Broadway show in history. Uh, it's been all over the world forever. Um, this is the thing, though. Um, I'm really not repulsed by it as the internet is. The internet is like, oh, they look, they look terrible. And they do. They look very fucking creepy. But let's think about it, y'all. What's the alternative here? The alternative is going completely animated and nobody giving a shit. And everybody hating it. Or they stay true to theater, put some goddamn ballet dancers in green suits, and they make this. This was a much better option. Yeah, you out of your mind? This is this is a much better option than what could have been in in this cats thing. If if you really wanted to see dudes and 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 women and and Taylor Swift and costumes, you you're out of your fucking mind. The internet would have hated that just as much. I think this is other lesser evils. I, had, I just, like, I, it's my job to see movies, y'all. Sometimes I see movies I would not even go see. Um, I probably wouldn't even went to see Crawl. I probably wouldn't have went to see, uh, like, I just watched it. I watched the show Posse. I would never, I would never get that show 10 minutes, but, you know, I gave it, I gave it some time for the sake of my podcast, because I don't want to lie to you guys. I want to be informed. I don't know if I can even get myself to go see this. But if you're a Cats fan, if you're a theater fan at all, you, there's going to be value here. And I think that the, the fans of theater and the fans of the play is going to like this, honestly. But any casual fan is going to laugh this fucking thing off the screen every time. But it looks all right. I don't know. Uh, the Cats trailer, uh, check it out if you like plays and shit. But, yeah. Uh, Veronica Mars drop. Any Veronica Mars fans out there? She's back. Or whatever. Somebody clamoring for that shit. The Starbucks Cup made it to Comic-Con. How fucking crazy is that? They're just running with it. They're just running with it. I, I guess they don't have a choice. So some intern or some production assistant got fired and probably going to get blackballed for giving one of the worst continuity errors to television in history. And now his fuck-up is an icon at Comic-Con. I think my guy got a raw deal. What say you? And I saved the biggest news for last. So, Comic-Con in San Diego has been going down over the last couple days. And oh my God, Marvel is dropping some jewels. They announced Phase 4. Not that excited about it, honestly. Because uh, through these movies, I don't know who the big baddies are going to be. Not sure. It's going to be really important. Disappointed I didn't get my Silver Surfer. That didn't get announced. It's really kind of underwhelming. So I'll go ahead and get to the good stuff. You know, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder. Thor brought the same director back from Ragnarok. So that's just going to be awesome. One of the same minds behind what we do in the shadows. I'm actually most excited about that of any of these projects. Loki's getting his shit. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That should actually be dope. Thought that would be a show on Disney, though. 
But I'm not excited about any of these other ones. I don't know how they're going to make Eternals work. Black Widow should be good. Um, I'm not against that. Hawkeye should be good. But we've watched Arrow before. And WandaVision should be okay. But WandaVision is going to be a nightmare. I said, <laughs> I said it should be okay. But I was just trying to kind of be... Trying to be generous. Well, WandaVision looks okay, but WandaVision is just going to be Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix was just ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, how can we make a plot against the strongest character we've ever seen? I mean, if you can just destroy somebody with your mind, what fucking story can you tell? Jesus. Shang-Chi should be great, but we'll see because... um well, I don't know. When I like fighting characters. Marvel does good with that. Marvel did good with Daredevil as a fighting character. I think they're gonna do good with Shang Chi as a is a is a as a fighting character. And they should do good with Blade as a fighting character. Marvel Studios is producing Blade. Yes. Yes. The news of the Comic Con. Is that Marvel Marvel and Phase 4 will bring Blade to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This is something fans have been clamoring for for years. Uh, I've always wanted this. I've always wanted this since I was uh, a fan of the Marvel Knight series. Blade is coming. But that's not the best part. The best part is them casting officially. Michelle Ali is Blade, and it is the pick of picks, the casting of castings, the novelty podcast approves, if that means any fucking thing. And I am elated. I am turned. I am. I couldn't be more excited. I was trying to find another term, but I couldn't because sometimes my internet is off. That's right. I speak internet. But I, I am so ready for Blade. Now, it's probably the last part in the phase. We probably won't see it for another year and a half. But, hey, we got a lot to hold us over before that year and a half. Black Widow will be coming. Doctor Strange will be coming. I don't know where Black Panther is. But they, they have to, um, you know, now they got you know, to uh, introduce their, their villain for this phase. And... Um, yeah, so they got they got some stuff to work. They got some stuff to work now. Now timing and continuity, which is Marvel's biggest weakness, now timing and continuity is going to be a thing, and they kind of have to, you know, rearrange some releases, make sure that Black Panther fits in the scheme of things and in, in their in their overall phase. But I do miss Tony Stark a little bit, a little bit. Kind of feels a little off without Tony Stark. But that's the front page. Let's talk some motherfucking television. Spirits from the other world. So, the Fast Five is here. The Novel Five is here. The plank is ready to leave the shores. And we're going to take a walk in the graveyard. It's a short graveyard. Like uh, the last graveyard we went over, that we went into, the last ceremony we went into, where we said goodbye, I named a lot of the shows. So a lot of those shows are still canceled. Uh, a lot of those shows is going into finales. Uh, on the next podcast, I will 
be talking about the validity of all of the, uh, the final seasons because some stuff is in the graveyard, but they honorary deaths. They're not just canceled. So it's, it could it could uh, be interesting to talk about uh, some of the shows that's actually great shows, iconic shows, legendary shows, shows with great fan bases, but they just would not grow anymore. And it was just time to end them. I think I want to talk about that at nauseum for a second. But first, let's get into the Fast Five. The Fast Five is the fast, the fastest <laughs> rising shows. The Fast Five is the fastest rise in shows that's uh, out here or whatever. I don't care where they are. They can be streaming. They can be on HBO. They can be on Showtime, Cinemax, CBS. I don't give a damn. That's the thing with me. I'm everywhere. But all of these is, uh, I don't know, two of streaming shows. So I don't know. They're everywhere. But let's get into the Fast Five. Number five in the Fast Five is Mindhunter. Mindhunter's new season is finally coming on August 16th. Uh, this was actually a, a surprise. I, I didn't know the, uh, some of the minds behind this. Uh, like uh, Charlize, Charlize, Jesus. I struggle with her name every time. Charlize Theron, David Fincher, two of the names behind this. That, that really surprised me. I didn't know that they had that big of money people behind this. Uh, serial killers is their own genre. I talk about it. I talked about it on another podcast. Like I'm, I'm really legit creeped out by serial killer genre because it's nothing realer. Uh, it's a certain distance you get to keep from a lot of the horrors that's out there. A lot of ghost horror, a lot of uh, uh, demon horror, a lot of all that stuff, man. You can kind of keep a certain distance from. But serial killers is out here, man. Serial killers is around the corner from us. Yay! Look creepy. But uh, this this is made uh very well. If if this is your thing, uh, it's not where you go for action. There's definitely uh peaks. Uh, they they build to their action. Uh, it's FBI investigations. Um, the 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 legendary fucking FBI dude, man. Um, really really good detective. The dude is a a different kind of detective. He's a psychological detective. He's he's putting himself in the mind of these killers. Um. And it's, and it's helping him be a great detective. Uh, sometimes it's like he has superpowers, how he can be so good at it. Uh, if you really want to see it more condensed, there's a Hannibal movie called Red Dragon. Um, that's where you really get to see how he works. Uh, and then that may make you want to see Mindhunter. Um, it's a great show. And it's number five on the Fast Five. And it may rise. And um, yeah, it's coming to Netflix. August 13th. August 13th. <laughs> it's coming to Netflix. August 16th. Click it if you want. Number four is Posse. Now, um, look, this is this is a very niche view. I'm not gonna lie. Um, if you can um get past, you know, the heavy controversial content that's in here. Um, you may find value in it. I'm not that big of a fan in this show. I think that this show is um it's a little gratuitously mean. Uh, but I guess this is that culture. I don't really understand it. Um, it's about transgenders trying to um, you know, excel in the in the fashion industry. Um it, it's 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 some dark shit. But if you can get <laughs> if you can get into it, um maybe uh, because that's why this made the the Fast Five. Y'all hear me? I'm fucking terrified right now. But that's why this made the Fast Five. 
the the viewership is there. The viewership is growing. Um, the gay audience is out there, and they they when they like something, they are definitely some of the most loyal fans you can have. Um, if you can if you can see past that and just watch narrative, I probably would stay away from this because I don't think the narrative is that strong because I don't think they really care about us understanding the characters. But, you know, they try to give you reasons to root for them. But Posse is growing. Posse is on fire. Posse has been ordered for another season. And I think they're only like three episodes into their current season. And it's number four on the Fast Five. Number three is The Neighborhood. Uh, CBS really surprised me with this one. CBS is always looking for uh, the black audience. Um, CBS is the most watched television network in, in the country. So it's always weird when you're evaluating one of their shows because you kind of have to give them a curve. Like a lot of times I give shows a curve where their ratings might not be that crazy, but I'll give them the curve because the show is good. And sometimes that can help your, your ratings either stay consistent or grow. The Neighborhood, however, is on one of the most not watched networks, so it's always growing in its in its viewership. Now, I think that this show got about three seasons in it, honestly, uh, because it kind of has a, a, a ceiling because the the it's a little too racist. Nah, I, I get it. Like, you know, some black people feel like black people can't be racist. I think that you kind of have to feel that way. To enjoy the neighborhood. Um, I think that sometimes that get in the way of, of character. But um, they they got, got all of the classic characters in here. You know, you got the conservative religious mom. And you got the um, um, the old school conservative, uh, you know, black dad. And, and everything trickles down from there. And it's and it's interesting because you know Cedric the Entertainer is the star of the show. Uh, they got Tisha Palmer in there. Uh, I love her from Martin. Everybody loves Chris. She's she's charismatic and everything she's in. But they there is really not about them. It's really about their white neighbors who move into this black neighborhood. And um, it has its funny parts, but um, it's definitely. Uh, um, I don't know what to. I don't know what to. I don't know who I would market this to. Uh, this. This um, is really good. It's it's marketing really well with the uh, black eighteen to um, um, sixty five demographic, which is not saying much. Look, okay, okay, fuck it. All right, the jig is up. I don't even fucking like the show. I don't even like the show. I don't. I don't even like it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to give you something. Give you a reason why the ratings just keep creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Um. But, that's kind of how black productions work, though. Black productions is is big on word of mouth. Uh, we talk about TV shows a lot. And um, that's kind of how it happens. It happened with another show that actually made the novel five. But, you know, that's how these these things, you can watch the ratings and week by week, it's just creeping up a little more, creeping up a little more. And uh, I think that's happening with The Neighborhood. But The Neighborhood is not that deep when it comes to substance. It's, it's really kind of... Uh, it's really kind of um, bland, but um, some somebody could like it. I know people who love it. My family loves it. So, you know, if that's your thing, go for it. But it's number three on the Fast Five. Look, I know, I know that that thing kind of killed me and so did Posse, but I'm telling you, sometimes when I'm doing my research, I'm just like, shit, man, I, <laughs> I'm stuck talking about these things. 
I don't always believe in them, though. I don't even believe in the number two either on the Fast Five. But number two, number two is Euphoria, starring Zendaya. Now, I was really I was really surprised. So I, I thought that, I guess I was kind of in a CW state of mind. And I thought like I was going to get one of those corny shows. You know, those corny CW shows? Hell no, this thing is fucking dark, man. This thing, uh, they're exploring some themes in this one, man. And, 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 and Zendaya, she's going dark. And I should have knew better, right? I should have knew better because every Disney star and starlet, they always have to go through that phase where they're getting cleansed of Disney. They're on Disney, they're singing, they're innocent. And then as soon as they graduate Disney, they have to go through the ringer of, of just fucked up sexual, dark, suggestive content. They have to wash Disney off of their asses fast. And that is what Zendaya is doing. She did it in slow motion, though, because she went to, you know, the, the Disney movies. She got into the Spider-Man franchise. I said Disney. Spider-Man is kind of Disney, right? I don't know. Sort of. <laughs> but she got into uh, the superhero shit, you know. And, uh, you know, look, this show is cool or whatever, but this is only for people who are fans of Gossip Girl and shit like that. Um, it's very, very teen drama-esque, uh, but it's narrative form. Um, and when I say narrative form, I mean it has a narrator. Uh, that narrator is Zendaya. That can help you a lot when you're watching the show. Um, it can help you follow character arcs a lot better because you're seeing exactly, they're, they're telling you exactly what they want you to see. So because of that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get hooked on this show. It's easy to get hooked on Zendaya in her character arc and her journey and her going through some of the craziest shit that you would not believe. And it's growing. Um, I think a lot of the reason it's growing is because Zendaya, I think that following from Disney is happening. I think they're switching over. Uh, but this show is growing. Uh, but HBO don't play that shit. So it's not going to be able to maintain where it's at. So what I'm what I'm seeing is, is this thing either uh, exploding or fizzling. It's, it's going to do either or. It's not going to remain steady like some shows can do on HBO. Um, but yeah, so... It's, it's, it's kind of a waiting game with Euphoria at this point. Uh, I will be watching the ratings. So for the last few podcasts, never has anything reoccurred on my countdowns, if you notice. Uh, I'm, I'm all about the trends, but um, this happened a lot, this podcast. It was a lot of stuff that reoccurred. It's a good chance to happen with Euphoria. Number one on the Fast Five is Fleabag. Yippee! I love Fleabag. Now, if th now this is the thing, right? It's a show called House. I love House. House is one of my favorite shows. Um, House is just a narcissist. He's just a selfish-ass narcissist. Uh, uh, he, he's a nihilist. So what this show does, uh, so this guy, um, I forget his name, but it's not important. You don't care. He was challenged to come up with a, a, a one-person play. And what he came up with was the, basically the concept of Fleabag. So Fleabag is what, exactly what you think it is. Uh, you know, it's a character who's a piece of shit. But um, she she breaks the fourth wall. She breaks the fourth wall. She talks to the audience. That forces you to empathize, to understand with her being an asshole. This is the one thing House was missing. So basically, what they did is they made they made House a female, and they put House in some regular ass situation. That's all it is. But it's very charming. It is done very well. Um, I love the lead in this one. Uh, I love the universe that this is. 
Uh, I love the brutal honesty. I love so much about Fleabag. But I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to say that this thing is um going to be a cultural phenomenon. But it's definitely not going anywhere. Um, it's blowing up. This thing started on um, one of the third syndicated channels of, of, of BBC. And it's grown. And, and when it hit Amazon Prime, it kind of went to that next level of, of a hit show. So Fleabag isn't going anywhere. Um, if you like, you know, those down, dirty characters and who are also smart um, and, you know, you, you, you're kind of hoping that you can grow to understand them, and you never will. But that's the hook of the show. If you can get into that type of thing, I highly recommend Fleabag. Uh, it's one of the biggest growing shows out right now. And it's number one on the Fast Five. I wish I was in a worse mood. I had a really, really great week. Like, uh, my birthday was the 17th. And uh, I just used it as an excuse to say fuck it. You know, I was kind of lackadaisical with my podcast. I'm late as hell right now. My podcast is about four days late, I think. And, um, yeah, so I, I just was being lackadaisical. But usually when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm a, I'm a tad more grumpier. I'm not grumpy. I mean, it's just just having great weekends, great days, celebrating, being around loved ones, and, and just just having a fucking ball. But I need to be a little mean. I need to be a little mean for segments like The Plank. All aboard. The Plank is where I decide what's going to stay aboard or what's getting pushed off the plank. But I'm really not that upset. So I don't know if I can bring... The same vitriol for some of these shows that need to get pushed off the plank. So let's get to the plank. Number five on the plank is Handsmaid's Tale. So, interesting, interesting thing going on with Handsmaid's Tale. So sometimes a show um, is a really great concept, um, and then they, they, they make their first season, and then people are just captivated. They're floored. But what happens is, is that, these things are a good movie or a good book or a good season, and that's pretty much all you got. After that, you kind of have to start getting ridiculous with what you're going to do with your characters to make this show interesting. And then when you know that it's not that, when it's not that fruitful, when it's not that much content, you have to start putting all of this filler and filler and filler and start putting in characters that don't matter and start putting in uh, character arcs that don't matter and start veering away from your main character or making your, char your main character be inconsistent all so you can drag your fucking feet and not deliver what your show has been promising. And that's what Handsmaid's Tale is doing. Handsmaid's Tale is starting to betray their audience. And you know want to know the thing about streaming audiences? You want to know the thing about those audiences that, that watch Hulu? They'll find something else to click real fast. They, they'll find something else to click really fast. There's other, it's, uh, Hulu is competing with itself in that way. Hulu's competing with itself in that way, where it got its own original content where people will, will, will stray to. Handsmaid's Hell is already hard to watch. It's very gruesome. It's, it's, very, it's very fucked up. And it's not easy to watch. So when, when they're not delivering, it's hurting them. So you got the reviews going down. They're going through their lowest rated season right now. Um, and the fans are kind of getting fed up. But I get a feeling they'll survive it. I get a feeling they'll survive it. But if Handmaid's Tale, if Handmaid's Tale get canceled, I'd be highly surprised. I think this thing is just kind of too much of a force at this point. Um, 
I don't think ladies is going to let this really sink. So because of that, I'm going to keep it on board. But I'm watching you, Handmaid's Tale. You can end up back here. I'll be watching. Number four is The Loudest Voice. So it's a story. It's actually produced by um, Seth MacFarlane, which is interesting to me. Well, it's not interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Seth MacFarlane is really liberal. Um, liberals hate Roger Ailes. Um, so this has surprised me. So it's kind of a smear piece, um, but it's not doing so well. So it's hemorrhaging ratings. Um, they Showtime is just losing money um, on this show. The The reviews aren't that good. So I'm glad that this time it actually worked out. So a while ago, I was kind of critical of the movie When They See Us because I feel like even when your movie is good, if you have an agenda, then I, it's kind of going to take me out to a certain extent. It's going to take me out of it. But it survived it. It, it. it didn't hurt When They See Us at all. Uh, still rated in the 90s, still sky high. Everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. Still one of the best shows of the year, blah, blah, blah. But that's not happening with The Loudest Voice. This miniseries isn't getting so lucky because the uh, when you constantly... When you're constantly going for a certain narrative, when you're when you're constantly trying to you know show that oh this person is a is a is a piece of shit, then you're gonna kind of start contradicting your story. You're gonna start putting inconsistencies in your narrative to make sure that you stay true to your agenda. But people are much more layered than that. You can you can try to say somebody is the boogeyman, but when you tell their story, we need to know we you, you got to peel back some of those layers. But instead, you're laying on layers. Oh, this person is, is dishonest. Oh, this person is a sexual pervert. Oh, this person is a predator. You keep laying that on there, and you're going to eventually hurt your story. Stories are about character. Be careful with the smear pieces, Hollywood. So this thing is hemorrhaging ratings. This thing sucks as a narrative. This thing is getting pushed off the plank. Number three is City on the Hill. So Showtime has... Look, they're trying to, they're trying to keep things interesting, right? They're trying to... Um, they have another show called Billions. I don't talk about Billions. Billions betray me as an audience member, and uh, I I can't forgive some shows for that, especially with the talent that's on this damn show. Now I have to deal with Billions fans. All right, one of my one of my one of my guys is is a is a Billions fan, and he's constantly telling me that this show is a uh, it's great. I have to watch. I have to watch. He's probably right, but I know good and damn well what's waiting for me at the end of that tunnel. It's more cat and mouse, man. I could take cat and mouse for about a season. After that, I need some payoff. But it's more cat and mouse. And they may change who which teams is playing cat and mouse. They might kill a character here and there. But it's still gonna be cat and mouse. But anyway, Showtime is trying to do what I wanted billions to do. So City on the Hill is a show produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, the Boston brothers. <laughs> They're not the Boston brothers, but I, I can't see them as anything else. But it's about, you know, the turbulent times of, of, of the Boston Police Department in the 90s. Now, yeah, if it's about Boston, it's about racism. And this is, oh, it's heavy with the racism. But I don't mind racism. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a critic. You, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I can ignore. But this thing is hemorrhaging ratings. <laughs> it's not catching on. Um, it's a good chance this thing ends up canceled um, because nobody's watching it. It got Kevin Bacon. It's starring Kevin Bacon. Now, Kevin Bacon is a little weird in the show. I'm not going to lie. It seems like he kind of playing a character caricature. Um, 
you know, it's just like when they was directing him, it's like, you're a Boston cop, and I want you to act like it. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, you're Kevin Bacon. You don't, you don't have to do that. Kevin Bacon got crazy fucking range. I don't know, though. I don't know how Kevin... Maybe Kevin Bacon isn't that good, because I think, like, Kevin Bacon might have just picked good scripts, for real. I don't know what he really brings to, to a story. But he ain't getting in the way. It's just, you know, I feel he could do better. <laughs> With City on the Hill... It's a good show. I like it. I like it. I like a lot of stuff that they're doing in this show. I like it. I like the story beats. I like the editing. I like Adise Hodge's performance in here. I mean, it's a little monotone. I love Jonathan Tucker every time. He he bring his crazy ass in a script. I'm 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 compelled. So it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy that this thing is hurting. And you know what? For the first time, I'm gonna let my bias keep this thing on board. I'm going to get this thing time to catch on. Sometimes this happens with shows. Sometimes the finale will be so crazy and everybody will be talking about it and it pick up. But we all know we all know it won't pick up. We all know it won't pick up. Because, you know, Homeland, one of the flagship shows of Showtime, one of my favorite shows of all time. Homeland is um is done with this momentum. And if that can't gain game viewership i don't know how city on a hill will but for now i'm keeping it on a plank it may end up back on a plank and i might have to push it off but for now i'm keeping it on number two is the rook because the show is fucking boring as hell number one is dark now it's always weird right you always got shows like this so dark is not hurting uh with, with viewership it's keep it's keeping consistent viewership because people are digging the story I think it, the season three is currently rated 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this thing doesn't seem to be uh, bad. Now, I bored the shit out of me. I can't get into time travel narratives. I hate them for the most part. Most of the time, they're just a mess. And most of the time, you just use them to get yourself out of a bond when you don't know what the hell you're doing with your story. So I, I, can't, I can't really get into dark. And I don't like the cinematography either. This shot is so fucking blue and gray. But uh, yeah, I, sorry, I got into my film, my nerd, my film nerd shit. I'll get off that. But uh, you know, I'm not saying this is a bad show. It's not a bad show. It's clearly not a bad show, right? Um, the performances are great. From hey, from what I've seen, the performances are great. Uh, again, I don't like the look. I don't like the tone. And I don't like the the questions. It makes me ask myself. But darkest quality. I should have known Dark a couple podcasts ago, but again, sometimes shows put me in line. Uh, I got to keep it on board. Got to keep it on board. Dark is staying on board. Um, it's dark is ending. This is the final season. So you got yourself a nice, little, decent miniseries, if anything. I mean, it's not. It's, it's much longer than a miniseries. You got three miniseries. Look at it that way. I don't fucking know. But three seasons is a really good watch, especially if it's good. This thing seemed to get better as it went on because they probably started getting more, giving more answers after they found out that, oh, we, we, it's about time travel. Well, let's cover up these plot holes. No, I'm just playing. But Dark is still on board. All aboard. All right. Grab your tissues. We're going to the graveyard. The enemy within is canceled. I really thought that Morris Chestnut was going to be able to do it. I really thought Jennifer Carpenter was going to be able to do it. I fucking loved her on Dexter. I mean, but I, I don't know. Man. I loved everything about Dexter. She, she might not even been that good, but I loved the show too much. So she was phenomenal, no matter what. But I, I guess she just can't. She can't draw. 
This thing is getting the axe, and it's not getting the honorary season finale. They want this shit off television. The Reverie is getting canceled. Uh, the All-State guy, that's All-State, Stan, you know? He doesn't draw. Nobody gives a shit about his acting. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Like, I don't know who this dude's agent is that's just keeping him in stuff. Like, well, I guess once you get in state farm commercials and no matter what, every time somebody want to watch TV, they see your face, it helps with your marketing. But he couldn't say the show, and that surprised me. But the Reverend is just not that good. It's, it's about, um, I don't know, a, a coma ghost lady saving people in comas or some shit? I don't fucking know. What the hell? The Village is canceled. Thank you. Jesus. Now, The Village was on the plank a couple podcasts ago because I'm like, what the hell is this shit? Oh no, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I, the village might have been one of the um, one of the rising fires, but no, it wasn't because the the ratings have always sucked for the village. This thing was doomed out the gates because god damn, they were fucking trying too hard, man. With all of that preachy, it's done. It's, it's dead. Whiskey Cavalier is dead because it's just too damn corny and lethal weapon. Look, let's let's uh, look. Lethal Weapon, I got no no core with it. I got nothing bad to say about Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon survived for a while. They, they wanted to cancel Lethal Weapon for about two seasons. But it's finally done. I'm surprised it picked up the following. Honestly, it was a bad idea from the jump. Speechless is canceled. The Fix is canceled. And I mean canceled. These shows were canceled, canceled. It wasn't, no, all right, we're going to give you your honorary season. Nope. They said, get this shit off television. I think Lethal Weapon got a fake. That's it for the graveyard. It was a quick walk, wasn't it? I mean, that, that we took we took a long walk last week. All right, so it's time for the novel five. So I always, when I say the novel five, I give myself this long break because I always got this image in my head. Maybe I'll produce it, but I always got this image in my head of this big thing like the novel five. Like I always. <laughs> I always considered it. I always think it's big, this big thing. But I might, I might do it because it just, it just feel appropriate. I want the novel five to feel big, you know. Let's get into it. The novel five. Number five on the novel five is Saints and Sinners. Now, there's a network, right? That I would laugh at all the time. My mom watches it all the time, and I would always just laugh at it. Like, <laughs> why is people watching shit? Like, Bounce TV? Are you serious? Bounce TV? And you know, they play all of the classic black stuff they play jason lyrics and how stella got her groove back and all of this shit i was just like man what a what a loser of a network they want to be bet so bad well guess what they're producing content what what the fuck they're producing content i thought that they were just i thought they were uh owned by somebody but they're not they're producing content now they're they're competing with bt and they're competing with oprah competing with uh i was gonna say tyler perry but tyler perry is essentially oprah oh and now they're competing with big dogs. And guess the fuck what? They got a smash hit show. They got a smash. This thing debuted with great ratings. Second episode had better ratings. And now at this point, it's only going to grow. At this point, people are going to talk. And when people talk, that's your wildfire. I'm trying to get wildfire from my podcast right now, but nobody talks about this thing. Don't worry. I'll come up with more controversial content. Don't you worry. I talked shit about Cardi B earlier. Go tell somebody. But that's what you need. So Saints and Sinners is growing. Um, it's a decent show. So when I first was watching it, I didn't I didn't turn it on. And I was like, oh, okay. So Tyler Perry, he he finally changed his style. This is this is a lot better. Well, it turns out, no, this is not Tyler Perry's production. And and thank God, because this thing, um, while it's 
it doesn't hide the fact that it's a soap opera. Uh, it has no no problem being a soap opera, but it's it's not as corny as fucking Greenleaf. It it, it actually has um you know uh some integrity behind it. Uh, they're not breaking out in song and dance. Uh, it is about the church. You gotta be you gotta dress softly about the stuff about the church. A lot of people don't like stuff that's kind of uh that's kind of vindictive vindicative of the church in any way. Uh, but there is a lot of politics. You gotta love politics. You gotta love stuff that kind of feel like monarchy uh, and, and that kind of drama. And you definitely getting that with saints and sinners. Uh, and it's number five on the novel five. <laughs> I got distracted. I looked at the time. I'm like, holy shit, it's, it's been this long. I said this would be a shorter podcast, but damn, I can really ramble, can't? The novel five. Number four is claws. Now claws is is uh claws is uh. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a drama. So this is the thing about Claws, right? There's, there's a couple shows that I could have put in this exact same place as Claws, but Claws was able to make the list because it's growing the fastest. But you know, you kind of got Claws, you kind of got you know Queen of the South, you kind of got Animal Kingdom. All these shows, you got Snowfall. All these shows is kind of like the same shit, honestly. But uh, Claws has the best ratings. I actually think Snowfall could end up canceled. Um, I could, I could see. Snowfall canceled after another season, and it probably needs to be honestly. But um, Claws is definitely more character driven than than um, than Snowfall. That's probably the reason why it's winning. Uh, it's a lot more glamorous too. Uh, they both take place in Florida, so you know you kind of get the same cinematography from both. Um, but they they're both shot the same. But um, Niecy Nash is just a great lead. Uh, she's constantly impressing me, honestly. When I used to watch Reno 911, I never imagined that she would get, go into the drama spectrum. But that's where she is, and that's where she's making her bread. She's still fucking hilarious. She still has her comedic cl- clues, because she was hilarious on Reno 911. And, um, yeah, she's bringing it on here. Uh, Hank from Breaking Bad. Dean Norris is, is great in here, just like he was great in Breaking Bad. Uh, you get good performances across the board. And, um... This show, you know, they don't they don't fuck around. They actually move at a good pace. They move with their with their attention and they move with their character arcs. They're, they're moving up in their statuses. They're moving up in their ranks. Um, this thing is like, you know, there's much, much worse things to watch on television. Uh, it's growing, uh, killing it on Rotten Tomatoes with the ratings. And it's number four on the novel five. Now, real quick, let me let me warn you real quick. Uh, this will be my shortest novel five because something happened that never happened before. I have three. That's right. Three shows returning to the novel five. Now, not going to say it's not controversial because the order has changed dramatically. So let's get into the number three. The novel five. Which is spell from number one, which is Yellowstone. Now, this is all by default. All right. This is all about timing right now because I still like Yellowstone way better than the number one show on here but number three is yellowstone uh it's still consistent it's still great um it's still trending on twitter every time a development happened in this thing this thing gives you your 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 your, it gives you your your uh i wanted to say pound of flesh it gives you your pound of flesh in this show they are always letting you know uh that the stakes are are subtly getting more and more intense and they deliver that it's still getting delivered. Yellowstone is, again, one of my favorite shows on TV, and it's still killing it. It's number three on the novel five by default because it's not as hot as these other shows, but it's one of the hottest shows on TV. 
the novel five. Number two is Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies is still killing it. And you know what? The thing about these shows is Twitter. Twitter makes following some of these shows insane because it kind of lets you know the reason why it's trending. It's kind of letting you know the reason why Big Little Lies basically doubled their viewership. It's letting you know that that it's always something going on to keep this thing with this momentum. Because when you got something that's based on a murder mystery, the only thing to make it more interesting is more murder mysteries. Or the mo- only thing to make it more interesting is, oh, that was the wrong person who did it. Now nah, these aren't these aren't spoilers. They're not. But they're finding ways to keep it interesting. They got Meryl Streep in here. She's killing it. She's fucking trending everywhere because she still got it. And she's playing a compelling character. I mean, she's she's really great in the show. And everybody else is, is still delivering, doing everything they're supposed to do. Big Little Lies is number two. On the novel five. The novel, the novel five. five. Here we fucking go. Number one is Stranger Things. Yeah. Number one is Stranger Things. So, um, oh, that was the one. So I completely forgot. <laughs> I'm definitely taking Stranger Things to the spoiler room. Uh, I'll probably do that one first because that everybody got access to Netflix. Everybody got Netflix or their cousins Netflix. So. Um, I'm definitely taking Stranger Things to the spoiler room. Definitely a lot I want to talk about. Definitely a lot of hating I want to do on this show. But I'm doing that hating because they didn't give me what I wanted, but they did give me what I needed. So, funny enough, right? I don't like Stranger Things. I don't hide from it. I don't shy from it. I was resentful for it to make number three on my novel five on my last TV podcast. But the thing, it dropped. Of course, it broke the internet. Of course, Netflix had their field day uh, with the ratings. It's rated pretty decently on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Not rated as high as previous seasons. So it's funny, right? I don't like this show. I thought season one was cool. I was like, holy shit, this is not, this is not good as y'all acting. It was cool. Then season two came, and I was like, shit, it was a lot of inconsistencies in there. I, I didn't really like that. So I was like, fuck, I know I'm not going to like season three. I know they're not going to keep that momentum. Well, guess what? Did not like season three. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. But guess who hated it? Stranger Things fans. <laughs> Stranger Things fans. Stranger Things fans. This is their least favorite season. It's my favorite season. So I will talk about Stranger Things, but I won't talk about it. I'll keep talking about the novel side of, of Stranger Things for the sake of not giving spoilers for the, for whoever the fuck didn't watch it by now. That's the thing about the spoiler embargoes. People will let be lackadaisical as hell watching reality shows and like, Oh, don't spoil this for me. Well, you spent all your time watching the brat on, on, on love and hip hop Atlanta or some shit. You get mad that, that we're, we're talking spoilers. We watch the shit, watch it. But anyway, I'm still going to respect those people for some reason. But Stranger Things is is is, is popping. Um, again, lowest rated season yet. But that, I, I'm pretty sure that didn't stop the viewership. Um, you can tell though that it really underwhelmed the fans. They took away what the fans liked the most about the show, and it, that was the same thing that I didn't like about the show. Now I'm I'm not against the camaraderie. A camaraderie and and character is what people like about the show. People like characters, and and I and I hate that the the human psychology often overcomes great storytelling. A lot of times. What 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 Stranger Things do? They'll take two steps forward and one giant step back. That's how how Stranger Things does. It's like, oh well well well, you know what what is this story? But this one, they made it about the Stranger Things, right? Shouldn't it be about the Stranger Things? Are we watching Stranger Things? Are we watching Mike and Eleven? 
Mike and Eleven, the awkward makeout sessions. Like, is that is that what the fans want? What did the fans want? Did the fans really want to see these these kids? Look, this isn't that show. Fans want this thing to be a, a I don't know. Fans want this thing to be some kind of kids show. The show is is look the the main characters are kids, but it's not about kids. The show is about the town. The show is about Hawkins, Indiana. The show could be called Hawkins just as easy. But it ain't as catchy as Stranger Things. Stranger Things is a great title name. But it's not about the kids. When when will people catch on to that? What 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 did we think was the was where did we think these 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 character arcs for these kids were going? The character the kids is just always the the, the center of the attention. But we took Will out of it, right? We, we, we um, see, I'm going to the sport. I'm going to the sport. But I'll chill. I, I got a lot to say about this damn show. We'll talk about we'll talk more about that in the spoiler in uh in the spoiler room. But yeah, um, look, Stranger Things is the hottest show out. <laughs> I ended with that. <laughs> Stranger Things is the hottest show out. Um, the ratings is 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 great. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is loving it. It's my show that I prefer. Or this is my season that I prefer. Um, and it's funny. I love the one that people hate it because I know story. <laughs> okay, that wasn't cool. That wasn't fair. No, I'm serious though. You guys gotta learn story, man. They 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 trick y'all all the time. They trick y'all with 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 flashy lights and 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 '80s nostalgia and 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 more nostalgia and mullets and and bell bottoms and. Skateboards. They just they just distract y'all from from the fucking story that they keep getting distracted from themselves. Shout out to hating Russia too. Stranger Things never miss out on that. But yeah, um, that's the novel five. The novel five. And I kind of went on a little tangent about Stranger Things, and I'm not done. I'm gonna continue that in a few minutes here. But uh. Yeah, I, I was most excited this podcast about front page. Marvel, how Marvel has done it. And we knew Marvel was going to do something, you know, a, a couple months ago. It was like, oh, Marvel rented out uh, an exhibit. What are they going to do? And, you know, I didn't know what the fuck they were going to do because that, around that time, uh, Avengers was on its way out. Uh, Avengers was about to come out. So I was just like, okay, what, what's going on? But Phase 4 is coming. Eddie Murphy is coming to streaming. Cardi B is coming to the big screen. It's a good time in movies, y'all. It's a good time in TV shows. It's a good time to be watching TV. When people don't watch TV, and I do not like those people. Just, just tell them to watch. Love movies, love each other. Listening to the Novelty Podcast. My name is Terrell Bilal. It's been fun talking to y'all. Can't wait for next time when we get back into the movies. I will be doing spoiler rooms. I will be talking about The Lion King. I will be talking about Stranger Things, and I will be talking about Stupid. I'm not going to talk about Fall now. I'm not. I'm not. It made about $5 million. So it's kind of waste time. But until next time. This is the novelty
You made it to the secret segment. You did it. It couldn't have been easy. You had to wait. You had to fast forward. You had to press shit. You was like, oh, is he really going to do it? You didn't know. You didn't know because I hit the segment. So look, I, I have to do these. I have to do these. I will lose my mind. Uh, Y'all hear me talk about this shit. So this is what happens. This is what inspired this segment. I am often considered a hater. And I'm like, all right, sometimes I'm a hater. But most of the time, I'm not a hater. So this is the thing, right? College screws you over. They 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 teach you how to think critically, and then they put you in society where it's not even cool to think critically. Like, oh, you think critically, you're a fucking hater. Who thinks about that? So I want to do the spoiler room, let you know what I think about some stuff. Why I'm saying some stuff is some stuff. And I think it's I think it's necessary. And look, this is the thing, y'all. This is the thing. I I like when people give me feedback. All right. Look, podcast at the podcast, I'm asking my people, I'm asking my fans, I'm asking the novel ones. Let me know what you think about this stuff. Engage with me because I love other perspectives. Is there sometimes where I might be wrong? I might be just missing some shit, you know? You just never know. But let's get into it. Let's talk Stranger Things Season 3. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier, I thought this was one of my favorite seasons. <laughs> this is one of my favorite seasons. Um. Because this one, they actually lived up to the billing. So let's talk about the previous season, shall we? So in the first season, you had, uh, you had uh, basically, they introduced um, the Upside Down, right? So let's talk about the Upside Down, from what I understand. So the Upside Down, now let's, let's just be real, it's used as a deus ex machina, right? It's like, oh, well, we need another season of Stranger Things. Oh, well, well, th- let me tell you another thing about the Upside Down. Because, first off, it, the, the, it doesn't make any sense. So, the Upside Down is a parallel universe, right? That's they explain in the show. But, this parallel universe uses humans to harvest, right? I'm good with that. Okay, they're using humans to harvest. So, they get Will, one of the main characters of the show. They get Will... And they harvest through him. But Will is rescued from his harvest. But this essentially makes him sick, right? And hence the stranger things start to happen. So Will is essentially, you know, making babies at this point. You know, <laughs> making babies. And now things are crossing over from the upside down. We're not sure why. So this is the beginning of the inconsistencies that I have with the show. We're not sure why these things is crossing over. So sometimes they can cross over through a hole in the ground, right? Or they can cross over through a rip in the dimension. What the fuck? So now, so we're starting to see this thing cease to make sense. Now, on the in the meantime, what are Stranger Things doing? They're establishing characters. So at this point, you got um, at this point, you got people falling in love with these characters, right? This thing is uh, chalk with, with characters. So you got the four core characters, right? You got you got Dustin, you got Mike, you got Will, you got Lucas, right? You got the four, you got the main characters, but they're the main kid characters because they got other main characters. They got Nancy, they got Steve, they got Chief Hopper, they got uh, the mom. Uh, uh, what's her name? They got the mom who's played by um. Winona Ryder, Renona Ryder, who, who was fucking amazing. And then you got Charlie. You got Will's big brother. You got all of these characters, right? This is what people love about this show. And it sucks, man, because 
constantly, constantly. We're getting inconsistencies from the story. because But people are, they care about these characters. That's why these characters never die. No matter how ridiculously dangerous the situations they get in, they don't die. Because the creators know that they're just making a melodrama. But, but in this season, they negated that. They got all of the drama out of the way early. They they got all of the drama all the way early. They 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 put in you know uh, uh, Mike and Eleven's little ro- you know romance and fake ass breakup, the dumbest breakup I've ever seen. But they're fucking kids. And then you got then that if- affected uh, Lucas and um, Max's relationship. Do you hear how ridiculous I sound? And then that affect then that affected Lucas and Max's relationship, right? And um, so now that that the kid drama is out of the window, uh, it's out of the way. Will feels uh, isolated, and Dustin is actually isolated. So you got all of these ridiculously boring character arcs going on, right? So so now everybody is 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 turning against the show because in in season two it was it was a lot more in depth where where Mike and 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 um. Eleven was falling in love, so that's the potential love. You had you had um you had Max and Lucas falling in love. There's the potential love, and then you got uh Dustin who who was uh, isolated, right? Then he became isolated by choice when he went to be a Boy Scout or whatever he did. But he he got his he got consoled by um Nancy, Will's sister, right? Will is ostracized again, right? So again, the the the, the character arcs is is what's hooking these people, right? So, uh, season two, you know, they finish off the character arc, set these things up. Oh, everybody left on an upbeat note. I love season two. What the fuck? Season two was dumb. You know why season two was dumb? Because the mind flare was fucking dumb. It was dumb. Like, okay, we got one monster, right? I forget the name of the, oh, they call it the Demigorgon, right? This motherfucker just eats you. Now, now granted, if, if, if the upside down is a family of monsters, I get that. I get that. And, and, and the family of monsters they they they're running out of resources and upside down and they need to cross over and get human vessels. I'm good with that too. But what happens when they introduce the the motives for the the mind flare? Oh, uh, uh humans are inferior to me. What the fuck is that? You you're an animal in another dimension. So so they bring him in on season 2. And now that you you got demigorgons basically being birthed through through will right and got by the way that story arc completely fell off the map fell off the cliff so you got so now you got um the demigorgon getting raised by dustin right where's this character arc going fucking nowhere and what is it even for what 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 did the demigorgons do what do they do do, 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 do the mind flayer need them? So that's when it was weird, right? You made all of these inconsistencies in the mind flayer in season two. And then you make him the main villain in season three. And what did you do in season three? You gave us even less mythology, less motives for the bad guy who caused the stranger things to happen. But it works. You know why? Because the mind flayer wasn't the main villain in season three. It was fucking Russia. <laughs> it was Russia. Now, granted, it's it's not it's not that bad. It's 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 era appropriate, right? We were we were crazy anti-Russian in the eighties. Uh, that was kind of like the, the the when the Cold War was dying down. 
But of course, you know, Rush is the bad guy. So like, okay, you're giving me a villain that actually has motives, right? You you give me before what, what before who was who was messing with the whole fucking scientist? Oh, we're trying to contain it, we're, and we're gonna do evil things in order to contain it. Oh, but here, actually got actual motives. We want to weaponize them. I'm I can get behind that. You see, people, this is narrative. There's a narrative in season three that's not inconsistent. But this is people's least favorite season because they didn't have the fucking kids fucking falling in love all day. They gave y'all some awkward ass makeout sessions. I hope that got you going. But 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 so they give us they give the they give us a villain with a clear motive, right? And at that point, we have the narrative being driven by something. Now, that didn't have anything to do with the Mind Flayer, right? The Mind Flayer still was... The Mind Flayer still was kind of inconsequential at the end of the day. He was just there to drive the plot for our, for, for our game, for, for, the main, for the main characters. He's fucking chasing them around, doing a bunch of nothing. What, 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 what was Billy? Billy, what, what the fuck was that about? That was about nothing. They tried to do a weak-ass character arc with him. Because he, he, he said no to a monster. He never embraced the monster. You, 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 it would make sense as a character arc if at the end he's like, no, this is not right. When at the beginning of the character arc, he was like, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of these people. Give me your power so I can be one of you. No, he didn't get taken willingly. So now your whole Billy arc is retarded. And if your whole Billy arc is retarded, then so is the Mind Flayer thing. That's retarded. But I still commend them because they gave us an actual narrative with the Russians. You tie in Hopper and Joyce, you tie in there. They're, they're, they're in the Russian arc. They're in the Russian story following that lead because they're trying to open the portal, right? What the fuck are they trying to open the portal to? Wasn't the portal open the last two seasons? Did some giant octopus tentacle thing come out then? Or did we just put that in there to come up with some fake-ass tension? Or why this thing needs to be closed? I'm talking about Hopper might not be dead. But again, there was a clear motive there. There was a story being driven to an endpoint. So because of that, I liked it better than other seasons. Now again, the kids, they didn't know what to do with them this time. But So what did they do? They streamlined it. They used the first couple episodes, got the, the little shit out the way, and then they made the other, the other shit action-packed. They made an action-packed about them trying to stop the Mind Flayer. Two, two linear stories. Now, the, the, the things supporting those stories, the folklore of Stranger Things is still Popsicle Sticks. But at the same time, it was much more streamlined than the other seasons. But people didn't like that. They wanted their soap operas. It's BS. But, you know, Stranger Things 3, like I said, it's number one on the podcast. It's, not, it's number one on the novel five. Um, it's a hit. It'll always be a hit until Netflix is tired of it. it it's, it's It'll probably take this thing maybe two more seasons before the fans start to turn on it. Because eventually it's going to get exposed for what it is. Um, this is a really, really great movie. 
uh, if they made Stranger Things a, a, a trilogy, it would be insane. Because they, they wouldn't be stuck with so much of the arcs, the stupid-ass arcs that they got to put in there. And they would be forced to develop the bad guys who make no fucking sense. Are they animals who need to harvest, who need to eat? Or are they mind-fucking-hunters? And in this one, in season three, one of the big inconsistencies, and I, I, I don't know if you're catching on. I'm not saying that season three is great. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying it's better than the other ones. It's it's not bad. It's 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 okay. I give it about eighty percent. If you consider a B minus great, then you you got me. But I don't. But um. So yeah, um. Yeah, I I don't know what they're gonna do for the next season. I don't know what convoluted reason they're gonna have to to fuck with the upside down again. And and you know it's bad because when it first started, um, you know they made it so the humans opened up the upside down. So they made it so the upside down, the creatures in there was just minding their business, and then boom, a hole opened. Oh, here's food. Now we're gonna terrorize the town of Hawkins. But since then, in seasons two and three, they've had the humans. Uh, I mean, well, well, every season they've had the humans initiate contact with the upside down and bring the danger. It's just hard to really buy anything, man. But yeah, again, I got I, I kind of went into a diatribe. But crazy inconsistencies with Stranger Things, and and everybody is like, oh well, I like the '80s and I like these kids, so it's okay. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Their entitlement. But until I look, if Stranger Things ever get me to rate them a ninety percent, I don't know. Maybe I don't know movies. <laughs> but that's it for the Stranger Things. Let's get to the next one. Alright, for the honor of me constantly doing that. I needed to do the whole thing. To introduce the Lion King the proper way. Holy shit, what just happened? I don't know what just happened, people. I don't know what just happened. I haven't shot my review yet. I'm shooting my review tomorrow. Um, th- here you'll get the meat of it, but um, with my reviews, I have to, first off, I got to take the spoilers out, and I have to make it compelling. Uh, I have to make it interesting, and I have to be very vague. If you're listening to this, this means you saw it. Hopefully, this means you saw it. And uh, now I get to give you some of the details. Uh, but if you like the funner, broader strokes, look out for my um, movie review online. So, um, yeah, um, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed in this movie. I was disappointed because um, that I realized that it was unnecessary. So this is interesting, right? Lion King is one of the most successful Disney movies, right? But it's one that they can't transition into live action. They've made Cinderella work. They made Beauty and the Beast work. They made Aladdin work. I think that those work because they were human-driven. They were they were driven. The main characters were human, so I think that it was so much easier to find somebody to empathize with. So, the animated version of Lion King. It was very uh, compelling. It was very relatable. You related to them like they were humans because 
they were animated. So when you animate something, you can exaggerate features, you can exaggerate reactions, you can exaggerate emotions, and you can almost emulate a human reaction. So you can just see a bunch of shots. You can see when Mufasa, you know, was was when the when Scar dug his nails in his in his paws and they gave that 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 zoom that zoom in and 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 you saw the horror in his eyes. That's not an expression a lion would make. It was some uh, it was one a human would make. And it helped you relate to it. That that was done on a lot of instances. Uh, it was done a lot with Scar. Um, so because of that, so all of that was gone. They took out all of that. All of the human emotion was gone, and they made them pure animals. So when they did that, it took away a lot of 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 character beats. Now you got a bunch of different beats in movies. I'm gonna always talk in movie terms with y'all because I want y'all to get a little more savvy. I don't want y'all to come across a film motherfucker and he's saying stuff like story beats and you're confused. No, no, no. You listen to the novelty podcast, you're a novel one. But the, the but the story beats in here, the um character beats, you couldn't fill them because they took out so much emotion. But that wasn't their crime, right? That wasn't their only crime. The story, the not only was the story beats the uh character beats off, but the story beats was off. So this is my theory. I think that John Favreau. It was kind of overwhelmed. So I got this theory, not even a theory. I, I I see it as like when you when you when Disney calls you to direct something, they're like, "Hey, you know how to direct stuff? We want you to direct this." So when you start doing stuff, um, and DC is guilty of this all the time. Uh, Warner Brothers, um, they will impede on your shit. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, you got to change this. You got to change this. You got to change this." And as a director, you start losing your fucking mind. It's the reason why Ben Affleck is is out as Batman because he couldn't take the studio interference and it it, it delayed Aquaman by about a year. So I think that this happened uh, this time where, well I I don't know maybe it didn't happen this time. So I'm not against this. Um, I'm not against the keeping the same story beat for beat. Uh, some people are. They they want um they want you to get they want you to get um I don't know. They want you to get new story. We don't need new story. You, you can give us our stories. You can re-give them to us. It's, it's just as good. Uh, just can't wait to be king. It was just as good. Then they took some liberties. They kind of changed, cha- kind of changed the scar song. Highly against that. And and the song wasn't just a good song. The song was very, very, very important to Scar's character arc. It it, it lets you know this guy is not just a a a, a bitter lion. He's a tyrant. He's a tyrant. Um, he's, he's not just here to, to, to say, I hate my brother. I want to kill him. He's like, I hate my brother because he's an unfit King. That's a different thing. And, 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 and then you got to see his influence on the hyenas. This one, they, they, they changed it. So a lot of story beats was different. So they, 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 they kept the exact same script, but it was off, right? A lot of the lines was off. A lot of the jokes was off. Everything was off. The rhythm was just off. But they kept the same thing. But not on but they kept the same thing with worse actors, right? These these actors were out of their element. Beyonce had no business saying lines. They should have just brought her in to sing. Just brought her in to sing, had actors rehearsing those lines. Same thing for Donald Glover. Same thing for Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah, he, he can put on that sweet voice that, that Simba has. But goddamn, when it was time for Simba to show some range, nah, he'd miss. When it was time for for Simba at the end when he was pissed off at Scar, nah, it it, it just wasn't the same. You can tell, and 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 I'm not saying that Donald Glover can't act. Donald Glover has been acting for for years, for years. He's starring in shows, but 
Donald Glover doesn't play passionate characters. It's the opposite with him. He 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 likes satire. But this one, he's actually supposed to play a, a a character under a lot of emotional pressure and stress, right? And he couldn't deliver. I, I didn't think he was a strong Simba. Shewatel Ezrafor was my favorite actor in here, so it, it it was it was really easy because out of this cast, he is hands down the most polished. It's it's like not even close. You can just tell that he is in tuned with theatrics. He's in tuned with theater. He's in tuned with the arts, and you can just sense it. Uh, he was the only person who you could kind of buy as Scar. Um, Scar again, he was kind of still a victim of the script, but his beats was good and his character arc was was the most intact and it's funny because Lion King isn't Scar's story but I I heard that this thing was 29 minutes longer than the original and I was like oh they're gonna add new songs they didn't they didn't they added little bits of story they just would tag some some scenes were a little extended they'd add a little scene here or there and they, it wasn't in songs it wasn't in songs so they were just adding Shit that that wasn't really like necessary. Overall, they could have kept it, but they they would. It, the the story felt really rushed. It, oh God, it felt rushed. It felt so rushed. It was like uh, it was like uh, it's just like they was ready to get the hell out of there. It was like John Favreau when he was you know going over these voices. He was like, oh yeah, that'll do. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, that's that's fine. That's what it felt like. Like it it didn't feel like. Any care was really put into this. It's like, all right, you're going to force us to make this? We're going to fucking make it. But, you know, if I can force some positives out of this thing, it's definitely, um, I got to say his name again? <laughs> it's definitely Ezra Ford performance and Seth Rogen's performance. They were great. Hey, I, I enjoyed uh, John Oliver's Eyes We Do. Those things worked out. But everything else, man, man, you know, this was a rough one. This was a rough one. Uh... And this is another thing, man. I don't know how strong the Lion King is as a story. So now that I study story. So and, and me and my friend was talking about this, right? Because uh, her point was like, you know, well, it's for kids. Like there's certain elements of story they don't really respect. They don't really care. That's that's true. But Lion King is not a, king, a kid's movie. Yeah, it can it could grip kids for sure. It can grip kids. Um, but it's not a kid's movie because the themes in here is about uh, monarchies and bloodlines and betrayal and murder. And, you know, these is Shakespearean themes. So what Lion King was trying to do and failed at, it was trying to appease to both. Like, no, with this, you got to pick a side. You got to pick a side. You, you got to pick a side. They wouldn't pick a side. They wouldn't commit to the themes like they they'd have a dark theme like 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 scar scar basically in this one you know they imply that scar was the heir to the throne he was the rightful heir heir but he was uh mufasa's half brother so when he when simba was born he superseded scar so they gave scar like you know actual like you know motive or whatever they did that um so that's not a kid's theme. A kid isn't going to see that and understand that, you know? So and, and if that kid can't understand that, that kid can't understand Scar. It's important to understand Scar. It's important. 
because Scar is a big lesson for this movie. So you got all of these grown-up themes, right? Monarchies, bloodlines, you know, politics, <laughs> um, betrayal, murder, lust. Yeah, 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 lust. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? Fucking lust. Don't, don't. <laughs> don't look like that. You know, kids, kids, this is not a kid's movie. But with that being said, they couldn't they couldn't know when they wanted it to be a kid's movie and when it didn't. The cartoon did. The cartoon came across as a kid's movie the whole time. And maybe that's because I was watching it as a kid. But they didn't add in some of these themes that they added in this one, where they really wanted you to understand every character, including Scar. They even changed some of his 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 uh the, the power structure he had with the hyenas, you know, in 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 the uh, animation, it was like they were just his foot soldiers. They were loyal to Scar. They they were afraid of him, you know. They they respected him, you know. They had them marching, you know, like 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 an army, as he as he you know announced his bidding. And uh, yeah, um, that wasn't the case in this one. In this one, they were they were just talked into it they were like oh we're about to fucking kill you scar and scar was like oh no i got a good idea we're gonna take over the kingdom and then when they took over the kingdom they just let him be king it was so much they needed to explain for them to kind of give us what felt like the rough cut of the original and it just sucked it just sucked they did they they didn't know what to do with this story and all they had to do was retell it as a cartoon this shouldn't have never got made <laughs> that's the worst part that's the worst part about all this it shouldn't have never got made. But, uh, you know, the, the music was cool. Um, I didn't like what they did with Scar's movie, but, I mean, with Scar's number. But, you know, very underwhelmed by The Lion King, man. I really was. I really was. But, you know, I don't know. What was I really expecting? <laughs> but that's it. I don't got much more to say about it, you know. It's not that much to say. Is it was uh, it was pretty, it was pretty weird. And I I don't understand Rafiki's role in it either. The monkey, I don't. He was useless. He's just taking up screen time for no reason. Jesus Christ! Damn, I was disappointed. That's it for the Lion King. Check out the Lion King if you haven't. I'm so pissed at you because you listened to this whole thing. But listen, <laughs> check out Lion King. Um, you can bootleg it if you want it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't care. But just know I was disappointed. I get a thing at C+. 78, 79%. Really disappointed. But anyway, that's that. This is the thing. I guess I'm talking about Stuber out of obligation or something like that. I don't know. But I just want to talk about this movie because I thought it was fun as shit. So, look, Stuber didn't make any money. Apparently, Camille Nagiati can't draw. Um, now, the dude is big. Hollywood is pushing him. He got a great agent. He's doing SNL. Uh, he's everywhere. Uh, but at the same time, he can't draw. Uh, Batista can't really draw either. But um, he got his multi-movie deal. I have a bad feeling about his his uh, movie he got coming out, the spy movie with the little girl. I forget the name of it. Hold on, let me Google it real quick. 
Let me go over there real quick. I don't know how good is my spy. Okay, yeah. I don't know how good my spy is going to do. He might have a better shot at it, though, because uh, people really like child stars, so maybe they'll get behind him on this one. Uh, and it's also a better story idea, I guess. Not really. Not really. I guess it's a bad movie, huh? I guess it's, I don't know, a spy uh, training a little girl so she can help him be a spy. I don't know. That's kind of bad, isn't it? But I don't know. I think it might make more money than than what this shit did, man. But so nobody saw Stuber. Stuber is crashing on on Rotten Tomatoes, and you know you you hate that because I know I talk a lot about Rotten Tomatoes. But I'm telling you, they're they're a force, whether you whether you realize it or not. But, uh, studios look at this. Uh, marketers look at this. But um, sometimes a strong score will carry over to when it starts streaming, when it when it hits Netflix, when it hits uh, Redbox. And people will be like, oh, you know, this, 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 they saying this is good. You know, maybe I'll pick this up. So this is kind of dead in the water. But I want, I just want to talk about it for a second. It's really not that bad of a movie. So I really thought that it tried. Like a lot of times, comedies they don't, they don't really try. They don't, they just want to, you know, do some slapstick comedy. Uh, this one actually has story arcs all over the place. So you got Camille Nagiati. I thought that they did good with his character. Uh, of course, he started out. As the classic beta male, uh, but they what they did was they kind of tried a little too hard with Batista being an alpha male and just kind of kind of always trying to push him to be that alpha. I think they could have found more subtle ways to do it because uh, when they rushed it, suddenly uh, that when that when he when he finally started acting like an alpha male and he she started standing up for herself, you didn't really know where the turn happened because Batista was just pushing it on him the whole time and it was just like. Well, when did this happen? When did he become this, this alpha or whatever? And then on top of that, uh, his love arc was destroyed early in the movie. Oh God! Now that I'm talking about it. Maybe it's not good as I thought it was. His love arc was destroyed, uh, and and where he was like, oh man, this is the girl, man. I love her, but you know she's out of my league and blah blah blah. And we had sex once, and you know it was it, it was cool, but she acted like it never happened. And then she was like, oh. Well, let's have sex. And then he's like, oh. So now that, that art kind of got stopped in his tracks in a lot of ways. So I was just like, at that point, I lost interest. Like, I don't even know why she was still around in the story, honestly. But she was. Uh, she was to the end. And uh, it was weird, right? Because it's like, oh, stop being a beta male. Stop letting her use you. If you want sex, you can get sex. And she's like, oh, here's sex. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me get the sex. But then at the end of the day, he was like, oh, I don't want sex. I want a relationship. Or whatever. And it was like, oh, well, he's going to end up a beta male again. So I didn't know how I felt about that. I wasn't crazy about the arc of, of the love arc that they tried to put in there for her. And and they hurt them because, you know, at the end of the movie when he gets with Batista's daughter, it feels unearned. It just feels like, well, that's weird. You know, it feel weird. And it shouldn't have felt weird. But they spent no time developing their chemistry. You know, they had a, a small conversation. But they spent no time developing their chemistry. They wasted that with that arc where they were trying to show that he was becoming more self-dependent when that really wasn't what his story arc should have been. It should have stayed focused on him being a beta male and letting people push him over and how bad he wanted that acceptance, which was symbolized with his need for a five-star rating. Well, not really. I mean, it was, but at the same time, he needed to keep his job. I guess that was kind of a mess in that way. But on to Batista, uh, I thought that it was really hard for Batista to blow this, but he did. Um, 
most times, the, the, I had trouble believing that the girl was his daughter. And that was mostly because of the Batista's acting. He never seemed like he was invested in it. He never seemed like he cared about her at all. And, I, and that was the subtext, right? It was supposed to be that he loved her, but he was so into his work that it seemed like he didn't. But it really seemed like he didn't. Like, it, he really didn't. And it's like, oh, he did something to protect her. No, that means he loves her. At the end of the day, that could be just because he's, he could be doing that just because she's his daughter and not necessarily want a, a relationship with her. And so so it was weird. It was weird. But, man, this thing, it was fun as shit, though. Um, I, I did. I, one of my favorite things was the violence in this one. I did like it because they needed it because Camille Nagiati can be cheesy. Like, it could be cheesy a lot. His humor is really smart. So it could come across really cheesy, really corny sometimes. So you needed that violence to kind of balance things out. And they have fun with the violence. They still got the jokes in there. Um, I didn't know what the purpose of the the him not seeing was. It just got a couple laughs, a couple, a couple, um, you know, jokes across a couple uh, every once in a while. But don't know what it really did, honestly. Honestly, but again, like it's funny because when I talk about the movie, I'm mostly talking about negatives, and that's probably what uh, got this thing the rating it did. Like, I don't think this is a phenomenal movie, but it's really not as bad as it's, as it's um, coming across. And uh, so, basically, I'm talking about Stuber because one day you might be faced with that decision. Like, oh, well, maybe I watch Stuber, and you'll be like. Oh man, that didn't make no money, and it got a forty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's really not that bad of a movie. Uh, it's really, really enjoyable. It's some really, really funny shit in here. Um, it's the audience actually got this thing at eighty percent, and I think they're pretty close with that one. I think it's like a seventy-five percent. I, I, I'll push it up to a seventy-seven, maybe seventy-eight. Seventy-eight is best I can do, but I will accept the seventy-five. Like it's, it's not the greatest thing, but sometimes you don't watch movies for that. Sometimes you just watch them to have some fun. You know, just watching to have some fun. But um, yeah. So that's that's damn. This thing made eight point three million dollars at the box office. It's just horrible. Aladdin made six point three million at the box office, and that thing been out for two months. Jesus. But anyway, I digress. But um, so yeah. So that's it. You know, I should have talked about the Spider Man. The Spider Man. I should have talked about a spy. Look, I seen Spider Man and Toy Story four, and I'm not talking about that. But I guess it's too late. They say you gotta you gotta keep it uh you gotta keep it trendy. Oh wow, Art of Self Defense opened at 83. I had no idea what that movie was gonna do. It's just too weird. But I'll probably be checking that out. But yeah, so that's it. You can you can turn it off now. At this point, I'll just be rambling until I feel comfortable enough to cut the shit off. But if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, you're you're a real fan. So look, um, nobody did it, right? <laughs> so I try to get some engagement, man. Nobody did it though. So I had a code word. I had the code word Brightburn for anybody who listened to my hidden segment, so they can get a free T-shirt. Didn't work. Not a damn soul put Brightburn anywhere. So <laughs> I want to do it again. I want to reward people, man. It's not look. It's not. It's not easy. I'm coming up out of nowhere. I'm I'm gonna be real right now because I think most people not listening right now. Just just the the real, you know, true five six fans out there. 
It's real hard when you first starting out. If y'all see these statistics, man, it is hard starting a podcast. And but I get motivated by stuff like uh some YouTube channels I follow. Uh, I, I I listen to Joe Rogan and they and he talked about like how, you know, it, he was doing this podcast for like ten years before it picked up. Now I don't think I have to do it for ten years. Um, I think we have a lot of access to stuff to help us promote stuff now, and market stuff and and keyword stuff. We have a lot of stuff to help us with that now. So I don't think it'll take 10 years, but it's going to be a grind. So this is the beginning of that grind, and you're there at the beginning. Just know that I'm motivated as hell. I'm not going to stop. If it's a while before your podcast is coming, know that one is coming. I love this. I worry if my audience loves it. I worry if my audience get bored with the segments, but don't worry about that either because I'm cooking up new segments. I'm always thinking up new segments. Um, I think that that's what makes my podcast different i try to make it different uh I, I do this thing by myself people um got partners they they can work off people and that's that's addicting in itself uh i don't have guests you know these are all things that's coming but what i wanted is to really establish my show you know i didn't want uh to start a show with somebody who uh kind of wasn't didn't have my vision, and I don't think anybody has the vision that I have. I don't. I don't think that anybody is even thinking how to find a way to follow so many productions. But I find a way. I have a system, and I think when that system is established, it'll be so much easier to bring people in. But I'm. I'm focused. I'm focused on expanding this thing. Don't think that this is it. Uh, I want guests. I want interviews. I want all that stuff. I want. I want to be the best podcaster in the world. And you right now, you are a big part of that. You you were here at the beginning. And if I explode, I'm gonna find a way to reward you somehow, some way. Because that means the world to me. But as my friends often say, I'm gonna get out my feelings. And I'm in this podcast. Thank you for listening to the secret segments. And I will be back with more movie and TV noobs. See you on the other side.